Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Crypts of the Corn podcast. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am the conspiracy tinfoil hat-wearing Jay. And together, we are joined on this fantastic episode with Oren and Jenny from the Framework Network. Yeah, I already messed it up. (laughs) We're joined with Oren and Jenny from the Framework, the UFO Research Center. Say hi, guys. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're, we've been waiting for this for a while. Sorry it didn't work out. So, little side story for everybody at home. We missed Oren and Jenny on the first day of recording because I never sent the confirmation email. It was in my drafts. I went, I'm like, huh, he hasn't responded. I looked, and I'm like, ah, I never sent it. <laughs> That'd be why he never responded. Duh. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all good. This worked out better anyway. Yeah. Well, good. So why don't we just start with you guys talking about the UFO Research Center and kind of go into, like, just, just tell us. Who you are and what it is. Okay, so uh, just a little bit of background. Um, I've, you know, always kind of been interested in aliens, cryptids, weird stuff. Um, a couple of years ago, I had what I would consider, like, a recovered memory. Um, I was watching an Ancient Aliens episode, and it was an episode on the Men in Black. And during the course of this episode, I just kind of had something click. Um, When I was a kid, I grew up across the creek in eastern North Carolina from, like, a very big military base. And so we always had, like, weird helicopters and flares and stuff, just weird stuff going off all the time. And then, you know, as I was watching this episode, it kind of clicked. You know, holy crap, this kind of men in black thing. I experienced something like that when I was a kid, and that kind of really you know, put me down this path of seriously looking into stuff and researching. And, um, you know, as I was telling you guys prior to recording, I went into this very flesh and blood, nuts and bolts. Uh, All this stuff has a rational explanation. These are, you know, alien beings, high technology. And then, you know, the deeper you go down the rabbit hole, it just seems like there's something a lot stranger going on. And there's connections between all these paranormal and you know cryptids and all this other high strangeness in some way it all connects and i don't necessarily think you know i'm not going to sit here and say oh i'm going to crack the code and figure out the connection between all this but i think it's at least worth looking into and i think you know the journey of researching it is almost more important than the destination of the answers if you will so I'm currently kind of writing a book, um, just highlighting all these connections that I've come across in my own personal research. And uh, in the meantime, we're just trying to, you know, go to conventions and conferences and whatnot and meet people and just network and kind of get our names out there and meet people in the community. So that's kind of where we're at right now. That's awesome. And you guys are accepting encounters and maybe research areas, correct? 
Absolutely. I mean, anything anybody wants to submit to us, I mean, aliens, UFOs, cryptids, poltergeist, anything like that. Uh, Jenny has a lot of experience in the poltergeist shadow people realm. So anything of that nature, we are all ears. Anything that can help with research or whatnot, we're good to go. So Look forward to hearing from Jenny in a future episode, everybody at home. <laughs> the big wink. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I just... Did they, did they say how they can contact them? Oh, thank you. There you go. I have editing already to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so everybody at home, all your contact, all of the Frameworks contact info will be in the links below. I make it nice and easy for everybody to find you. And yeah, okay. that's, yeah, so. Sorry, the chair's squeaky. I'm trying to get comfortable. You keep throwing me off. I got to really edit this one. <laughs> okay, so let's kind of start off. What are UFOs, or what are maybe some of the types of UFOs, anything like that, you know? That's a big conversation, so. Well, you know, I think what I always tell people is, yeah, I'm sure a lot of this stuff is misidentified weather balloons. I'm sure a lot of it is, you know, secret government stuff. I'm sure a lot of it is completely reasonable explanations, but if you know, even 1% of these sightings is legitimate. And I think the percentage is much higher than that. That's a massive number of truly unexplained things. And, you know, at some point, it just seems to me like some of these rationalizations that people use of, oh, well, you know, it was a meteor. And then uh, this creature that somebody saw was really a, a barn out. Like at some point, the explanations become harder to believe than the fact that there's something truly strange going on. And I mean, something that I've always thought was kind of interesting is how consistent these accounts are throughout basically all of history. And it's only the language has changed. And, you know, kind of one of my go-to sayings is it's issues of language. You know, if you look at these Bible stories or ancient um, ancient legends change one word, and then that becomes an alien abduction story. I mean, Jonah and the whale, and you know the Immaculate uh, Conception, anything like that. Change one word, that becomes something completely different than how we've been taught to look at it. And I feel like if you look at it with the idea of it's people trying to describe something indescribable with the best language they have that opens up a whole new world of possibilities for all this stuff. And I mean, so I think, yeah, I've rambled a little bit there, but like I said, I think there's a whole lot of legitimate sightings going on. I think some of them are interdimensional. I think some of them are extraterrestrial, but until we really start diving into these things and looking at them in a different way, and a different framework, if you will. And that's why I named the research center that I think we're going to be stuck in these old habits of thinking. And I think if the answers to this sort of thing are ever going to be found, it's in these connections between things. So that's kind of where I stand on it. So what I really like is you're talking about with the connections with the paranormal and maybe the cryptological and the UFO logical that I think a lot of the, each of those communities kind of ignore the other sides of it. Absolutely. Uh, like when we did Mothman and stuff, that's what we really made a point of is that poltergeist activity 
was crazy. UFOs were seen daily. The mm-hmm. Mothman was the least impressive thing happening at the time exactly. in Point Pleasant, but it's the one that stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, well, and what always surprises me, you know, in any History Channel, whatever show about Mothman, they always downplay the stranger aspects of it, the men in black and the UFOs, and they solely focus on the cryptozoology aspects of it. And like mm-hmm. you said, that's the least interesting thing about it to me. It's all the other stuff that makes that case in particular so crazy to me. And I, I, we, well, I kind of think that a lot of these are kind of side effects of the main thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have these weird one-off cryptids pop up, we talk about them all the time on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have these weird one-offs pop up. I don't ever think that that's the event that's happening. Mm-hmm. They're just leaking out of somewhere else. Absolutely. And but yeah, the UFO like the thing like we talked about. It, I keep going back to Mothman. It's like we did ten hours on it or something. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but you know, when they Ben and Black were threatening uh, Mary, the reporter, mm-hmm. they were only threatening her about the UFOs. They didn't care about the Mothman. They didn't care about the the poltergeist activity. She could report on all that she wanted. They wanted her to stop talking about the UFOs. Well, and I think, you know, even though all this stuff is connected, I do think the UFO phenomenon kind of is the skeleton key to all this that unlocks everything else. And kind of my working theory is I think a lot of these cryptids and this poltergeist type activity, a lot of this stuff is interdimensional, much more so than extraterrestrial. And, you know, I think there's these portals or window areas or places where the veil's thinner that naturally occur. But I think, you know, it's also very possible that these extraterrestrial propulsion systems, technology, what have you, is maybe ripping holes in time and space, and that's what these creatures are coming through. You know, and this Mm -hmm. goes to Bob Lazar, Element 115 type stuff. And, you know, that's kind of my working theory on all this i think i think we're right there with you on a lot of these things that that the the cryptids are the side effect of the holes being opened uh mm-hmm. they just pour out they don't get a control what they want to be her or not they're just like we we got actually made fun of i think this past week about we said like the mothman was like a raccoon you know they're probably common yeah. over there and it got pushed through here and it was not doing good <laughs> absolutely uh but yeah, like the Milford shrooms, we haven't done a full we haven't done an episode on it yet. But that's a weird one that's involving UFOs. I don't know if you ever heard that encounter. No, I'm not familiar with that one. I have to look it up. They're like little fuzzy peanuts that were on parade, and they started oh. off really tiny, and then they got like man sized. Okay. But it was around a UFO spike, but they were like migrating worms, basically. Okay. And it was like the, the, everybody, a couple people seen them. They were just animals. There was no intelligence there. Like, you know, higher intelligence. They were literally just animals moving from one spot to the other during a giant UFO flap. Mm-hmm. So it's like wherever, like you're talking about with the portals or, you know, the, these gateways being messed with, these are the things that are just leaking out on accident. You know, these Absolutely. Are... And that also kind of helps to explain, you know, well, why have we never found a, a Bigfoot body or Loch Ness or, or something like that? I mean, this mm-hmm. explains that. These things are only in our reality world, whatever you want to call it for a brief moment. That's why, in my opinion, you know, we get all these reports of Bigfoot tracks just 
up and vanishing and uh, leading to nowhere and why we've never found the bodies, like I said. And you don't have to worry about hmm. food supplies and things like that if you're willing to accept the possibility of something a little stranger going on. And that's the thing with a lot of cryptids, too. It's kind of a little bit of both, whether it's just flesh and blood or it's this strange interdimensional thing happening at the same time. You know, which which one is it? Is it both? Is it just one or the other? Well, and I think it can be a combination of both. You know, I think mm -hmm. these absolutely are flesh and blood creatures, but that doesn't mean they're from here, from our world all the time. You know, I think right. they're real creatures. It's not like, you know, some people have the theory that Bigfoot's a, a, a ghost or a spirit or something. I don't mm -hmm. think that. I think he's an actual creature. He's just not living in, mm -hmm. you know, the, the woods of the Pacific Northwest all the time, in my opinion. And you brought up something too, like if they, why not finding a body and stuff like that? If they do die, do you think like they go back to that other dimension? Do they like fade into your existing at a future yeah. episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's entirely possible. I mean, who knows how the physics of all this stuff works at that point, mm -hmm. you know? But, and if they're truly only here for a brief moment, what are the odds that one would die here? You know, and so if that has happened, which I'm sure it has in the past, these are, you know, very remote areas. How often do we run across skeletons of bears or, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it seems entirely logical to me why we haven't found, you know, quote unquote, physical hard evidence for a lot of this stuff. Well, even like human beings, how many times do you stumble across just a dead body, human being, you know, and, the, and the, you know, people are out there. They die all the time. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Or you have? One time. Okay. Yeah, okay. But still, same thing. There's billions of us on this planet. And, you know, if someone goes off to like into the woods and, you know, unfortunately passes away, you don't normally, you send search parties out to find these things. And how often do we not even find people often. in that situation? Exactly. You know, most of the time. So now, I mean, it just seems to me that like people are too quick to mm -hmm. say, oh, well, this couldn't happen because of these things that, well, we might not necessarily even expect those things to think about it if we're not trying to confirmation bias and, mm -hmm. you know, make the evidence, quote-unquote, fit our the theory, theory we already have. Right, so. the theory of our reality we live in. Now, real quick, jumping back to something you kind of talked about in the beginning, you you kind of said you may have something about the men in black. Did you have a men in black encounter? Um, I had what I think was a men in black encounter, so like a you're, little bit you're of background. Not, yeah, I was going to say, you're not getting away without sharing that. <laughs> All right, so... Um, you know, first off, I think as far as the men in black, like I was kind of talking about with aliens, it's probable that there's more than one thing going on right now. You know, I think there's absolutely some of these men in black encounters, sightings, what have you, are just government agents, some sort of agency, some clandestine group, what have you. And then I think it's more likely that there's something stranger going on with that as well. There's these otherworldly, you know, like you said, Mothman, John Keel type men in black. Um, but anyway, so my men in black story is, um, like I said, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina, 
across the river from a very large military base. And um, do you want to give the address? I it, it's Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and um, oh, Camp Lejeune. Yeah, and if you're you know the one with all the emails, the whole toxic water. Thing yeah. Oh my gosh, right I've had three yeah. emails um, about Camp Lejeune. Yeah, that's I grew up literally what uh, two hundred yards from yeah. Camp Lejeune across the water, uh, and you know not to get too real world, but like all this stuff going on, like my parents both mysteriously drop dead whatever so yeah uh, there's there's some stuff going on in that area wow so uh you know when i was a kid all the time like there would be groups of helicopters doing maneuvers and whatnot at night like right across the water from where i grew up they'd be shooting off flares and you know my parents would always say in passing and like as a kid i never really paid attention to it they would just be like oh well they must be looking for something out there and now I think back, what were they looking for? Yeah. Yeah. The thing but that anyway, escaped. Yeah, so uh, kind of that's a little bit of background. But my Men in Black story is um, I was homeschooled. So we were, you know, doing school one day. It was just me and my mom and my sister at home. My dad was off at work. And uh, a white van pulled into our front yard. And where we lived was... I mean, pretty remote. Uh, our driveway was you know, probably a couple hundred yards long. You didn't just stumble upon our house. Yes, yes. Like where the house was positioned, look, you're not going to find this house without knowing where it is. Mm. You have to go to this house. To You yes. have to know you're going to this house. Yeah. And so um, this white van, and in my mind, I remember it being like a just, you know, early mid nineties Chevrolet minivan, like nothing crazy, but, uh, these two guys get out of this van and, you know, I'm, I'm probably like nine or 10 at this time. So I'm not saying all these memories are 100%. I mean, we know how fallible memory can be, but this is to the best of my recollection, what happened. Two guys get out of this van and, you know, they're in the typical black pants, white shirts, black ties, black sunglasses. And so they get out of the van and they're just like walking around the yard, not really doing anything, just like walking around. They walk out to the water line, which like I said, the base was on the other side of the water. And at this point, you know, my mom says, take your sister, go hide in the closet. If I don't come back in whatever, 10 minutes, run down the road to aunt such and such's and call the police, Hmm. which what's funny about that is this was a government agency, you know, what would have happened with that? But that's another story. But anyway, so, um, you know, that happened and me and my sister were just hiding the closet for a little bit. And then at some point my mom comes and gets us and nothing was ever really said about it again. And, you know, it just kind of faded away. I didn't really think about it. And then, um, like I said, it's probably been like three years ago now when um, I was watching that episode of Ancient Aliens about the men in black. They were talking about some encounter that just it clicked at that point. And the next time I saw my mom, I was like, look, I need to ask you about this. Did this happen? And she said, yeah, that absolutely happened. And I've, you know, recounted that whole story that I just told you guys. And 
I said, was that how it happened? Because this is now how I remember. And she said, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I said, well, why didn't we talk about it? Why was this not a thing? This seems like, at the very least, something really weird that we would have talked about. And she said, Orin, I have no idea. I don't know. And, uh, you know, toward the end of her life, my mom started getting into, like, really esoteric, spiritual, kind of conspiracy type stuff, too. And, you know, we were talking about it uh, prior to her death. And she said, you know, at this point, I don't know if I didn't get, you know, quote unquote, zapped or whatever, because the aftermath of the situation just doesn't fit how you would think something like that would go mm -hmm. if that happened with, you know, two young children in the house. I don't mm -hmm. even remember, like, us telling our dad that this happened. Hmm. So, I mean, the like I said, the aftermath just makes it even weirder to me. And, and doesn't your sister recall? Yeah, and, well? and my sister, yeah. and, you know, she was probably three or four at the time, but mm. she said she remembers this happening. So, I mean, it's it, it made a lasting impression. We just didn't know it at the time. Mm -hmm. so. Did you remember at all how they were dressed? I know that's a weird question. Yeah, my recollection of them is like typical, typical men in black. Like they didn't have the jackets on, but you know this is summer in North Carolina. It's hot, yeah. you know. So they had black pants. I, in my mind, I remember them having like short sleeve white button up shirts and the black ties and black sunglasses. Hmm. Hmm. Awful, awful creatures. <laughs> do, you, do you? Does your mom think like that? I not erased her memory, but just erased that thought in her head that they were even there, that it was even important. I, I you know, that's I think kind of what she was alluding to. You know, the mm -hmm. the typical, you know, getting zapped like in the, the right. Green and Black and, movie and all that. Like, and I, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I I don't. I didn't dig too much further into it at that point. I wish I had of. Um, yeah. But the more we got to talking about it, it just seemed like everybody was in agreement that something weirder was going on than just these were people from the base that were, I mean, they were obviously looking for something or making sure that something hadn't come onto our property or, or something. Mm. They, were, they were checking up on something, obviously. Mm -hmm. You guys haven't seen no uh, weird dogs, have you? <laughs> uh, like... No, no. I'd say like the men in black asking your mom, yeah, swimming across the water. No, no, I, and you know that's a funny thing. Um, I never saw or experienced anything "quote unquote" paranormal on that property, but it always had just a very heavy, dark, oppressive feeling. And, you know, me and my sister have talked about this in the years past. Like, you know, we always thought we were, you know, just dumb kids scared of the dark or whatever. And then, like, once you grow up and you go and live someone up, or, excuse me, live somewhere else, and then you come back home, well, you're still scared to go get something out of the car at night if it's dark. Like, it's mm. not, there's something about that place. Right. And since then, uh, since my mother's death, my sister is actually kind of staying in that house until she gets settled. And a lot of weird stuff has been happening since she's moved back there. And, you know, that kind of gets to John Keel, lonely women in uh, isolated liminal states, all that kind of stuff. Just a lot of strange poltergeist type stuff. Um, you know, just for a quick example, she called us what, a couple weeks ago, it was a Sunday night, 
freaking out. She said, um, she had like some decorative like chickens on top of the refrigerator, you know, just like mm -hmm. typical kitchen decorations. And she said that, you know, she just got this weird feeling, something just like saying to her, go look on top of the refrigerator. And she went out there and there was like three of these decorative chickens that she had and the bodies had been ripped off of the legs. It was just the legs of these chickens sitting on top of the refrigerator. The bodies were nowhere to be found. And I said, you know, this is trickster poltergeist type stuff. Mm -hmm. You're going to find them in the mailbox or something at some point. And um, so she said that like um, strange things, like she came home one day and there was a, she had a flower pot on the front porch and she came home and the flower pot was shattered, but the actual flower and like all the roots and everything had been removed and set like beside it. So like hmm. it, it wasn't like it, something broke it. They removed the flower and then the pot was shattered. And then um, around the same time she was flying out. And so she had to leave the house at like three in the morning to catch her flight. And she said, as she was loading up the car, um, the woods that back up to the house, she said she just heard something huge rustling through the woods. And um, that reminds me, actually, uh, this has been a while ago now, probably a couple years. Um, the neighborhood that, well, it's not really a neighborhood. It's just a cluster of trailers that um, backs up to our property on the other side. There's like a grandmother that lives there and she has, you know, her grandchildren come and stay with her from time to time. And in this woods that separates the two properties, she said one of her grandsons at some point said, mom, I saw a big man carrying something on his shoulder walking through the woods. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the time we didn't think, oh, it's just crazy kids. And now that all these other things are starting to happen, it's harder and harder to be like, that was just crazy kids, you know? Mm. So, uh, long story short, I think I grew up in a very strange place. And I think one of my other working theories is I'm sure y'all are familiar with missing four one one David Slider type stuff. Um, one of my theories is these national parks aren't chosen simply because of their natural beauty. I think there could be these portals, window areas, whatnot in these places. And the government, you know, in a lot of these cases seizes this land. I think it's to protect these areas. And I wonder if in that same way, maybe that's why some of these military institutions are mm -hmm. chosen in the locations they are. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of my long-winded men in black story that, no, that touches on amazing. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you think the military base was built maybe on like a weak portal area or or if they're experimenting there with, you know, opening I portals and things like that. I think it's quite possible all of the above. Um, and there is a I, – I don't think it's a national force. I think it's a state uh, force at this point. But that backs up, you know, to this same property. It's called the Croatan National Forest. And then there's, you know, tales of – what people call the Croatan man, which is, you know, for lack of a better term, a, a Sasquatch type creature. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Andrew, uh, a long time ago, Andrew, uh, I think he, that was, he talked about the Croatan man. Mm, okay. Remember, his first encounter was in 
North Carolina. Carolina. You're right. Yeah. That's weird. And so in my research, I found out there's four of these state parks in North Carolina. One of them's the Croatan, which, you know, we just spoke on. One of them is, I believe it's the Pisgah, and that's where Brown Mountain, North Carolina is. I don't know if you yeah. are familiar with the Brown Mountain Lights. The Brown uh, Mountain they Lights. They touch on that in Hellier a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is uh, where the Uari National Forest is, and there's all sorts of, you know, just pure craziness that goes on there. So all these places in North Carolina where these national parks are, all sorts of high strangeness goes on. Um, and I think the one that I grew up next to is just the least reported of these. Um, I have a question about if you remember any details about the van that pulled in. Did you happen to get a look at its license plate? I, I did not. It was nine. Uh, how it, I was like nine or ten. Yeah, I know. I, I, know. I was a grown man at that point. But, uh, didn't know if anything no, stood but, out. How it pulled into the yard, I just saw the front of the van. Okay. Um, so, but... My recollection, it was just like a normal Chevrolet minivan. Mm-hmm. It was like nothing crazy. Like if you saw it on the street, you wouldn't have thought anything about it. Well, we've re- learned recently about like national parks and something that isn't owned by uh, United Nations. Some yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff with and the, the get, national parks in the United Nations mm-hmm. and the white vans. Yeah, you get real deep into some of these. There's these parking lots and like these one-off buildings with these white vans parked in the middle of these national parks. It, very difficult to get to. You have to journey to get to that far end and find them, but they're reported to be there. Yeah, and uh, so this national, uh, I'm calling it a national park. I, I know it's not real, but just for argument's sake, mm-hmm. this park that was located um, right there in that same area, it's huge. And my dad used to take me mountain biking back there when I was a kid. And the scaredest I've ever been is back there in that forest mountain biking and for no reason mm. at all like nothing happened n- nothing weird like the, the only weird thing i ever saw out there was um there's like a small you know graveyard out there like obviously at some point it was probably like a, a family's just cemetery with three or four graves out there but mm-hmm. i mean nothing crazy enough that it made me feel as scared as i did so i mean i think that whole area there's something there what that thing is, I don't know. I think it's, you know, portal gateway type stuff. And it, was this caused by the military base? Is this exacerbated by the military base? Are they trying to research whatever? I don't know. But this is just kind of what I experienced and what I think about it because of those experiences. That's that's amazing. And, yeah, the, with the national parks and stuff like that, there is 100% something like that going on. Like well, the UN, the weird laws. We just talked about it on a recent Patreon episode with the, uh, with basically how the government uses it to seize land. Mm-hmm. Like Helltown, Ohio, was this weird seizure. Uh, it was. It made no sense. Like how, why they took it as part of a national park, but they made it well, a national and, park. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that, the land that this base Camp Lejeune was built off of. It's the same thing. It was seized. Um, like my grandpa remembers like the government men coming and seizing their land they're literally having to take their home apart put it on a trailer and move it to Mm. you know kind of where all this stuff happens so yeah Mm. this is all land seizure stuff as well imminent domain imminent domain (laughs) yeah that comes up a time or two yeah especially with the smithsonian 
So, changing gears a little bit, I have some strong opinions about the actual actual extraterrestrials, not interdimensional beings, anything like that. What do you think about actual, in the true sense of the word, extraterrestrials visiting Earth? I think that that absolutely is the case. I think, um, you know, a lot of these ancient legends and whatnot, these beings who told people they were from the stars, I think they're telling the truth. I think we absolutely have been visited by true-to-foil extraterrestrials. I think that continues to happen. Uh, am I saying that's the only thing that's going on? No. I think, you know, these uh, extra-dimensional type beings, that's possible as well. But I think, there, like I said, there is a very flesh-and-blood, nuts-and-bolts aspect to this stuff that is going on. Now, do I think that explains everything? No. But it is one aspect of it. Um and, you know, kind of what I tell people when they ask me my thoughts on this is at the end of the day, whether they're from a different planet or a different dimension, that's kind of splitting hairs at some point. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're I, things that I are not that. from here. It's just in what sense are they not from here? Right. Yep. So I, I think that it's another one of those situations where two things can be true at the same time. And you touched on it earlier. It could just be a matter of translation you know of the words written down to describe these things it could be talking about the exact same thing it's just how it's written down then how you as the reader interprets it and that goes back to how many of these you know high strangeness cryptids whatever all these different things people are all talking about the same thing they just call it something different Mm -hmm. i mean we know how many names there is for just bigfoot and in the same way you know, there's fairies, there's goblins, there's troll. Like all these things could very well be talking about the same thing. It, you know, it's again an issue of language, and I think language is the biggest opponent to truth in a lot of these matters mm-hmm. because it's easy to say, "Oh, well, that's not uh, a dog man. That's a werewolf, or that's a skinwalker." Well, we're all talking about the same thing here. It's just what we choose to describe them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think we definitely have a lot of overlap in that area of believing that sort of the same line of thought. Except I don't think extraterrestrials have ever visited Earth. I'm just I'm just a fuddy-duddy when it comes to that. <laughs> no, I agree with the not from here, and it's at that point it's just splitting hairs. We just We know they're not from here. Right. So where they're from at that point is, like you're saying, is just kind of... It's moot. There's not really a reason, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. If it matters if they're from Alpha Centauri or they're from the next dimension over, you know. It's almost missing the forest for the trees yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think stuff like that are what people get caught up on to try to prove their point or to discredit other people's opinions. When, like I said, we're all talking about the same thing here. You know, like you said, there's so much divisiveness within all these communities. Like the the flesh and blood Bigfoot people don't get along with the paranormal Bigfoot people. And no, none of those people get along with the UFO people. Like, right. we need to all work together. on the, Because, like I said, I truly believe the answers, as much as they'll ever be found, lie in the connections between yeah. all this stuff. That, that's where 
we're going to understand more than if we're so set in our ways that this is this and it can only be this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the end all be all. And with all this stuff, you know, we ain't we haven't been taught any of this stuff growing up in school or nothing like that. These are things you have to almost take as a personal journey to figure out for yourself. Mm -hmm. Only if you have the drive, you know, and the interest to learn these things, you got to learn it yourself and connect the dots yourself. And then, but it's communities like this that helps make that stuff happen. And like I was saying earlier, I mean, not to sound, you know, like a hippie about all this, but I really think like the journey is almost more important Mm -hmm. than the answer. I mean, I think we'd be naive to think we're ever going to have any kind of real answer to any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think the journey is what's important. So we just did an episode on Patreon called What If. Basically, what if Bigfoot's discovered, what if, you know, we went through all these. Mm -hmm. And I'll be excited if or when Bigfoot gets, you know, scientifically proven. But then the chase is over. You know, then it's in the scientific community. Then it's, you know, it's no longer us. You know, it's it's kind of, I get it's just... The whole journey, the going out and doing stuff, that's, I 100% agree, it's, that's the fun thing in life. That's mm-hmm. hunting something, not hunting, hunting, but you know what I mean? Hunting for the knowledge, hunting for the truth in your own, you know, yourself. But like if Bigfoot gets proven tomorrow, they get one in a zoo, you know, that's kind of, the Bigfooting community is kind of done. You know, yeah. then it's harassing an endangered species. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to, to go through with some of the, documented alien species people claim to have encounters with and mm-hmm. just kind of get your maybe species to species opinion or whatever yeah. you want to call them. I don't know. I'm Well, and you know, I, I I'm a kid diddling away on the computer in my bedroom. I don't claim to be <laughs> any kind of expert on anything. I don't claim to have any kind of answers, but I'll, I'll definitely give you my opinion on that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. We're not an expert on nothing. Right. Except maybe salamanders and fish fish the first species i guess i want to go to it's the one that scares me the absolute most the one freaks me out really bad is the grays Mm -hmm. so kind of what are your opinions on the grays uh so like i said when i kind of went into all this i was of the very flesh and blood nuts and bolts view of things and so i always was skeptical like how does the grays fit into that because you know all these stories about the greys they don't seem like they're organic beings um you know they all look exactly the same they don't seem to have reproductive organs they don't seem to have facial features as we would think of them um so i you know at one point in time thought either the greys are basically disinformation or you know, some kind of, for lack of a better term, the real aliens robots or -hmm. something like that. And that's kind of where I fall at this point. I think the greys are, I mean, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with the theory, you know, if an extraterrestrial race really was exploring the universe, they wouldn't send real people for i mean just same thing as the russians sending that's the all we do yeah we send probes we oh. send you know robots exactly. to go do what we want to do right which makes sense why these supposed you know recovered crafts like the roswell type stuff 
they don't have sleeping quarters. They don't have food preparation areas, supposedly, in these craft. Well, because these aren't organic beings as we would typically think of that. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, long story short, if I had to bet money on something at this point, I'd say the greys are kind of inorganic worker bees of whatever the true, quote-unquote, extraterrestrial or one of the true extraterrestrial races I, I think i'm right there with you i don't believe that they are anything but well, like you're saying like basically a robot or a drone or what you know whatever exactly uh, and you know this is another language that, like, how do you describe the robot yeah drone, whatever that's the best thing i've got to kind of get the point across I, I can't remember which alien abduction story it was but there's one that involves the grays and this old lady tries to feed them because they, like, I cannot remember the story, like, the name of the story. I'm not sure. But basically, they freeze everybody in the house but her. And they're kind of looking at her like, why isn't she frozen? And this old southern lady doesn't miss a beat. And she's like, I'll get you guys something to eat and drink real quick. Goes and gets them. And she gets, like, I, they were like cookies. And the grays, she hands this gray a cookie. And it just looks at it like, don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. And she's like, starts eating one. And he's like, ah. And he tries to put it in the hole where his mouth is. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just uh -huh. a slit, like with a little pocket, to mimic a mouth. She's like, "Oh, that was weird." But then they just sat there with they. They basically walked around with the cookies, and then the rest of the abduction story happens. But it was always weird to me that and I believe that old lady. But like, it's just like a pocket, like it, to make maybe make us feel better. Yeah. To mm -hmm. mimic that, you know, we have basically the same symmetry. You know, they have the well, mouth, they have the eyes. You know, they have little ear right. holes. And two thoughts that kind of just popped into my head, if you don't mind me piggybacking off of that a little no. bit. So, you know, these greys not understanding what a cookie is or whatever, that's very similar to, again, John Keel descriptions of Men in Black, like not knowing how a yeah. pen oh, works. Oh, gosh, yeah, the pen. Like yep. Um, and, oh, my God, I had another thought, but I can't remember what it was now. I apologize. That's oh, okay. We do that all the time. <laughs> the next race I'd like to kind of talk about is probably, you know, the next scariest. I've only really thought about the really scary ones, but the reptilians or the draconins or, yeah. what, you know, whatever. You know, we're not super big UFO people in the aspect of the aliens, but we have done, like, meet the aliens and stuff like that. The draconins are one that people bring up a lot. Well, and, you know, I probably have done the least amount of research on the reptilian thing of any of these races because, you know, that that's a slippery slope that gets into like conspiracy theories and the mm -hmm. Illuminati and just a lot of mm -hmm. like political stuff that I think muddies the waters yeah. a lot. With, you mean politics you know, muddies waters for people? <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, <laughs> I think there is something to the idea of the reptilian alien race. I mean, I think it's probably very possible. Like we said, this is just another race of aliens. I mean, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, human beings just innately have this fear of snakes for some reason. One of the where three. That, yeah, where did that come from? Uh, and, you know, a lot of these, again, ancient stories and legends and whatnot, snakes, the motif of snakes, the imagery of snakes comes up a lot. So it seems to me there's something ingrained in human beings to be scared of these kind of creatures. So, I mean, I don't think that is an accident. I think that came from somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's very possible that that fear is a manifestation of these reptilian alien creatures. Mm. I hate them. <laughs> hate them. As you can tell, we don't we don't get into this side of UFOlogy very often. It's very mm-hmm. we're enjoying it with you, just so you guys know. Oh yeah, well, thanks. Yeah. I'm enjoying it too. So, what's the next race I'm thinking of? I think tall whites is probably the next one on my yeah, list. Like Pleiadians or uh, specifically the Nordic. Nordic. What was one, it? Yeah. I think it was on Amazon last year or during COVID. That documentary with that guy came out about the tall whites, where he was went running the weather station, and he was the. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, you got to watch it. He's basically running this weather station. They put him out here in this weather station with a uh, camel jack, which is supposed to be it's. It sounds like I've made this up, but I promise, at least I didn't make it up. It's on a it's on a documentary, mm-hmm. but Camel Jack is supposed to be a giant ghost skeleton attached to a camel that is living out on one of these government bases out west, and it's supposed to haunt one of these weather stations. So this guy basically draws an unlucky straw, and anyway, he, he ends up saving this little girl, and he realizes this girl is like super weird looking, and then he's surrounded by these giant tall white beings, and... He becomes Earth's ambassador. He was a weatherman that becomes Earth's ambassador to these beings, but tall whites. You know, sometimes they're seen with gray, sometimes they're seen with other races, but they're, they seem to be more of a, at least from stories and, you know, the brainier bunch. Yeah. So, um, you know, these are the ones that I kind of just refer to as the Nordics, kind of for like yep. a catch all. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the group that I think there's the most validity to, I think there's the most legitimate options of this being a thing that exists. Because again, if we go back to these ancient stories, every culture, every race, everything, um, you know, we were made in the image of the gods and all these creation stories are very consistent across, you know, races and, um, and people groups all over the planet. And it's, you know, the gods came down. Generally, these creation stories have some aspect of some divine aspect was mixed with some, you know, earth, dirt, whatever, some worldly aspect, and that's where we came from. So I think the fact that all these creation stories, these myths, these legends are so consistent lends a lot of credence to the thought that you know, maybe these Nordics are the true, quote-unquote, gods, the true extraterrestrials as much as they exist. I think this is what they probably are. And I think, you know, this explains angels. This explains, like, uh, Greek and Roman gods. You know, just a, a crazy thought I have, you know, the uh, idea of the gods and Mount Olympus, like what could that mean in real world terms? And I think it's like I was saying earlier, these ancient stories change one word. Okay. So could Mount Olympus have been a craft, you know, and then you get these stories of, well, this is the God of, um, you know, these very ultra specific things that these people are gods. Of. This is the God of, of the wheat harvest or something like that. That to me sounds a whole lot like, current governments we've got well this is the um you know the the head of the department of the treasury or this is the head of the department of education like it just seems to me like if you look at things 
in a different lens, you know, like I said, I think there's two things going on. There's something far stranger, but there could also be these people were just describing what actually happened in the best way they had. And I think it's possible that these Nordic creatures are much closer to humans than we would probably like to think. And, you know, when we talk about these ancient stories and in the Bible, they talk about how, um, I believe it was Moses. Uh, it was, I believe it was Moses. It was like very fair skinned. And there's a story about, um, how his father thought, you know, it wasn't his child because of how he looked. And, um, I believe it was Methuselah said, no, this is, this is a special child. Uh, so I, I mean, I just think there's too much consistency through history of these reports. And even, you know, nowadays, like you said, there's reports of these Nordic type beings being spotted with, uh, Bigfoot type creatures with greys. So I think, my personal opinion is these are probably the most legitimate option for what the extraterrestrials, gods, what have you are, is these Nordic beings. Hmm. I love it. I love it. I think that's a good way to put it. And the the thought you had with kind of describing the, like the gods of wheat and stuff like that, kind of describing maybe people in powerful positions or these beings in powerful positions over certain aspects i don't think i've ever heard anybody share that so that may be something you want to hold on to yeah that's just a, a crazy random thought i had no i like that's what i'm saying i think that's something you should hold on to because mm-hmm. i don't think that's out there yet okay uh that's that's awesome so going into that i guess i want to ask you maybe one more about like one of the weirder species or maybe species i don't know uh, are you familiar with the Pasigula incident? No, I don't think so. All right, so that was um, the top, probably top three most famous abductions, uh, and that was in Georgia, Alabama. Mm, I'm not sure. One of the one of the south. Basically, these were five foot five, rhino skinned, lobster clawed, three horns, no eyes, no mouth creatures, and they are absolutely freaky but they were within kind of so they were they were answering commands of some kind of entity that kind of resembled a tall white but more it's halfway between mm-hmm. a tall white and a gray okay so it still had that gray skin the big black eyes but mm-hmm. more tall and much much more humanoid as in human looking uh, i don't know uh, that may be just something we'll talk about in the future because we're going to already i already know we're going to have you back on uh well i mean i can throw out an opinion if, yeah uh, go ahead You'd humor me. So, and this is kind of a catch all opinion that I have a lot about a lot of this kind of stuff. So, I'm not familiar with that incident in particular, but I think um, this, what I'm about to say, gets back to the connections between things and issues of language. I think a lot of these things that we call cryptids aren't really cryptids. I mean, you guys know uh, the mm. definition of a cryptid is an animal that hasn't been discovered. I mean, the Flatwoods monster, if that happened, that was not an animal that right. hasn't been discovered. The, right. You know, Hopkinsville goblins, if that happened, that was not an animal that hasn't been discovered. So this situation you're talking about here, I think one of two things is possible. One, that was just another race of aliens. Or two, you know, like you said, they're spotted with these tall, 
humanoid creatures, could these things have been something that slipped through these tears or these window areas that, in my opinion, could have been caused by the extraterrestrial propulsion system or technology or whatnot. So that would just be what I would throw out about that case. And again, like I said, I'm not familiar with that, but just kind of a, a catch-all explanation for things like that. I mean, I, I definitely, when we're, we're going to do that as a full episode later on. We'll probably have you back on for that to kind of be a co-host on that one. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll I'll watch. There's a couple documentaries out. It's really the Pasigula incident has so much documented with it. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting encounter because it's not one or two or three. You know, it's several dozen people that uh, witness this craft. Not the abduction, but several dozen people in the area the same night were like, "Yeah, we seen the craft come down and go in the valley." That was weird. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that night when they went, ended up in the police station, the cops had basically a hidden. Uh, video or not video recorder audio recorder and they were you know expecting to catch him like okay we got the cops tricked or whatever and they they had hours of just them consoling each other saying like mm-hmm. this is so horrible you know I, like i can't believe what we just and went you know, through that's another consistency with a lot of this kind of stuff uh you know i feel like yes there are people who are trying to deceive or hoax but i think that's a really small percentage in all of this and i think the vast, vast, vast majority of people who claim to have witnessed something, they at least believe what they're saying, and they at least believe what they saw. Now, w- whether it was actually what they're saying, that's a different matter, but they're not trying to deceive anybody, I feel like. I, we have that same opinion on a lot of cases. We'll say that a lot where I believe, you know, Mrs. X, I believe that she mm-hmm. 100% believes what she's saying. Whether exactly. that is whether it was a government ploy, you know, that's a different question what it actually was. But mm-hmm. like she like the Flatwoods monster lady, uh, the like I believe everybody that's seen the Flatwoods monster, uh, yeah. But what it was is a whole different thing. It just well, and I think people use again the whole hoax thing as like a catch-all to discredit yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And how many people are putting this much work into these hoax? You know, at some point the juice just isn't worth the squeeze, as far as I'm concerned. Right. There's not that much money. In this hoaxing, for everybody to make money, exactly. I think, and it's... like I said, at some point, all these explanations become harder to believe. Then there's something actually strange going on. I like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. The That's juice a good way to put it. <laughs> we don't make any juice up here, so that's probably we don't have that saying. <laughs> uh, so, kind of one thing that gets associated with the grays a lot is one that. One, another or uh, tall whites, all of them. The hybridization program. I mean, you hear people talk about this left and right. I personally don't know how much validity I put in it. I do think that the phenomena is happening. I think there are something screwing with these people, especially women that are you know pregnant for four months and then the baby disappears, mm-hmm. or you know whatever. I just don't know what's actually happening. Whether it's an you know what I, I kind of want to get your opinions on that. Well. Everything I'm about to say, I, I am not a doctor by any stretch. I'm not a biologist, so this is all just spitballing. But I think, you know, there's, again, centuries worth of evidence for these, um, you know, like incubus and succubus and, um, you know, these 
angels coming down to people and giving them this information. Like, so I think it is possible that extraterrestrials need genetic material from us for some reason. Is that for experimentation? Is that for hybridization? I don't know. I think it's quite possible that there are throughout history beings, people, what have you, that are hybrids. I think it's quite possible that throughout history, very rare people do have more of that alien whatever than we do. I mean, could Jesus be one of these hybrid creatures? Like, I mean, Nikola Tesla, people like that. I mean, I think it's entirely possible. I mean, again, it gets to the point where there's just so many similarities between all these accounts, there almost has to be something to it at that point. Mm-hmm. So on the on the flip side, what do you think about maybe a more demonic angle to some of these modern-day alien abductions or alien encounters? Um, you know, honestly, I think I'm going to keep beating this drum. I think uh, language. I mean, one person's demon is another person's alien. One person's angel is another person's alien. One person's ghost is another person's alien. I mean, and I'm just using alien as a catch-all. Oh, yeah, I get it. Um, But I think, you know, if you look at these situations through the framework or the lens of religion, you're going to be, oh, demons, demons and angels. And I'm not discrediting that view at all, but I think it's quite possible that, again, we're all talking about the same thing here. Um, Are these, you know, demonic entities from hell or whatever? I don't know. But I think it's quite possible that, you know, there are these malevolent um, entities, whether they be from another planet, another dimension, I, I don't know, but I think it's quite possible we're all talking about the same thing here. It's just the label we choose to put on a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, because like hell could just be another dimension. You know, heaven could be another dimension or anywhere in between. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I believe, I can't remember what book I read it in, but somebody theorized this idea of hell and going to the underworld. They weren't talking about going literally to the underworld they're talking about going below the equator to africa where you know the supposedly um you know there's the zachariah sitchin type stuff with mining gold and whatnot like Mm -hmm. so again issues of language what could this stuff really mean in real world terms language and then translation the game of telephone over many many years and yeah and you know i think uh, like you said, the game of telephone, what I think my favorite theory, example, whatever about that is, you know, the whole dog man thing. I think it's quite possible, like I said, you know, dog man, werewolves, whatever, all this is talking about the same thing. And, you know, these dog man type creatures, somebody saw it stand up and run away at some point. And then, like you said, through the centuries, the game of telephone, that got twisted from it stood up and ran like a man to it can turn into a man. You know, and I think mm-hmm. that's entirely possible. Hmm. So I think I got my last question Then I'm going to turn some stuff over to you or I guess not question, but topic the soft disclosure, you know, with like 
what we kind of think with like the tic tac dump, you know, during COVID mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What do you think about all of that? I'm very conflicted with how I feel about all of kind of the the mainstreaming of extraterrestrials and ufology or uaps mm-hmm. now oh um, gosh it's it's always gonna be ufos i don't yeah. care what anybody says it's been ufos for 75 years <laughs> it'll be ufos for another 75 years yeah and he, hey this is a good real world example we're talking about the same thing here we've just invented a new term for the exact same thing exactly but um you know i think there's one of two things going on. Either the government knows a whole lot more than they let on, mm-hmm. or kind of the one that I lean toward. The government knows a little bit, but they don't know as much as we might think they do. And they're just trying to figure things out the same way you and I are. And they're trying to get ahead of this stuff. There's something going on. I think, you know, if we're back 50, 60 years ago. You know, if this person who experiences something on a country road goes to their local newspaper, well, that's easy to discredit. That's easy to not worry about. Like, the information and the technology has caught up with the charade at this point. Mm -hmm. And they've got to acknowledge something because we all walk around with supercomputers in our pockets Mm -hmm. now. We all walk around with telephones and recording devices like if we had all this throughout history this probably would have happened a long time ago because there's too much smoke for them not to acknowledge some sort of fire at this point i think so i mean do i think these tic-tac things are 100 percent valid i don't know i don't know the validity of those um those videos but I think at this point the government has to acknowledge something because there's just too much going on to, mm-hmm. for it to be ignored any further. I think I'm right there with you personally. I I think we give the government a, a little too much credit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're on some stuff. You know, I think they're just like you're saying, just a little bit. They know a little bit more than we do, but they don't mm-hmm. ever want to come off that they don't know a hundred percent what's going on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, I mean, if it looks like they're getting out in front of it, if something ever does happen, they can go, well, we told you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah. So they can make sure they, they maintain control through that kind of stuff. The illusion mm-hmm. of Power. the omnipotent government. Yeah. It, exactly. It's almost like the opposite of plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a plausible... That we knew. We want. knew. We always knew. Yeah. We just didn't tell yeah. you guys. Because of national security. Right. Yes, there's always some reason or excuse behind it. <laughs> so that's all of my little list. Do you have any topics yourself that you want us to discuss together? Uh, you know, that was kind of, those are my big bullet points, like the connections between things. Uh, I love talking about ancient, you know, stories and biblical stories and stuff and looking at those through the lens of the paranormal, the extraterrestrial. Like mm-hmm. those are those, the two big subjects that uh, i kind of get on my soapbox about so i think we hit on kind of everything that i'm really super passionate about but anything you want to talk about i'm sure i can uh have an opinion about it so i think that was a really good you will be on future episodes just so everybody at home knows and everybody at home doesn't know this but this is your guys's first podcast interview right it is yep 
you knocked it out of the park. Good job. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. But we have our... So I want you to go through, tell everybody one more time about the framework, how to contact you, that kind of stuff. And I'll put all the links down below so that okay. it'll, it'll just be one click away. But go through real quick. Okay. Uh, so again, my name is Orrin Felix. I'm here with my partner slash research assistant, Jenny Sutherland. Um, we are with the Framework UFO Research Center. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the Framework UFO. Our email address is uh, the Framework UFO at Gmail. Uh, again, we're accepting any kind of stories or reports of weirdness that anybody would like to share. Um, and you know, in the meantime, I am working on a book, kind of highlighting a lot of the stuff we talked about here today. But uh, yeah, that's a long process, so uh, just trying to get our name out there and network in the meantime. So before we cut you loose, we have a tradition on here. We're going to count okay. to three. We're all just going to scream by, you know, okay. so just try not to destroy your new microphone, but, <laughs> but one, two, three. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to cryptids of the corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.